Welcome to the Prep Huddle Podcast. I'm KJ Pilter alongside Jeff Blinder, getting ready to break down uh, what happened in last week's quarterfinals and then a look ahead to the state semifinals at the Unidome. The field is set for all seven classes. Uh, Jeff, this is, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe Vets Auditorium for wrestling. Um, maybe it's the same way with with basketball, but, um, you know, now Wells Fargo, but I tell you, I don't know if there's a venue that's so synonymous or, or, or focused on the goal for teams to get there than the unit dome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. This is, a, this is hallowed ground a little bit, not to be too hyperbolic or, or goofy about it, but, you yeah, know, this is something that just about every team hopes to finish their season at. Yeah, absolutely. You don't uh, you don't see many other, you know, you, you, everybody says, oh, it's uh, dome or bust or whatever. And, uh, you know, the team's goals aren't to, to go five and four and get to the playoffs. I think everybody wants to, you know, play their last game of the season indoors and wear those little uh elbow things that uh so you don't get uh <laughs> turf elbow and get your arms all scuffed up but uh yeah that this is it and uh everybody's gonna get to play in good weather now and uh ah uh, this is why this is why you do your two a days in august let's uh let's look back at last week and how uh the field got set for for this uh week it actually starts uh wednesday with eight player uh, semifinals, but uh, let's look at back at last week. And I think one of the marquee games among all the quarterfinals uh, was the matchup at Williamsburg between Mount Vernon uh, ranked fourth and, and the number three Raiders. You were there in person, sounded like uh, kind of an instant classic. Can you yeah. kind of break down that game and, and um, you know, was it was it as yeah. good as Bill? It, 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 it was one of those games where, you know, if it's you or me that uh, will kind of stay in our memory a long time. Uh, you know, as somebody that was lucky enough to cover it, uh, just a really good offensive game. Uh, Mount Vernon actually had more yards, 457 to 375. Williamsburg won the game 38-35. A um, couple of interceptions were really big. Um Race Heitman, you know, who we've recognized as a as a heck of a playmaker, uh, offense, defense, special teams, whatever. Um, Mount Vernon was up 21-17 late first half and had the ball at the five. So they're, you know, five yards away from going up two scores. Uh, Heitman makes a break on the ball, picks it off, returns it out a little bit of the ways, I don't know, maybe 15-yard line or so. And then Williamsburg goes down and scores in, you know, a couple minutes left in the second quarter. And instead of being down 11, they're up four at half. And uh, that was, uh, that was the breaking point in the game. And then there was another one where, uh, oh, I got to find the name. Let's see. Uh, Simeon Armbrecht. Uh, uh, Mount Vernon was, trying to back to the point they were trying to go back and forth and both score. Nobody could stop the other team the whole game, but uh, Armbrecht made a play where he uh, tipped the ball up uh, off of Romberg and uh, tipped it up, caught it. And uh, then they score a few plays later to, to uh, go up 10 there in the the, uh, third quarter. And then they, uh, they held on to win the game. So uh, yeah, just a great game. Um, You know, spells the end of the, uh, career for uh, Joey Romberg, the fine Mount Vernon quarterback. He had 315 yards. He, he was, you know, other than a couple passes, he, he was great. And, uh, you know, um, uh, Derek Weisskopf had over 100 yards rushing, 100 yards passing. And then, you know, we both know how good of a defender he is, too. So um, just just a super ball game. But let's talk just really quick. I know you mentioned Heitman. All he's done, um, you know, heck, I think he gave Williamsburg like a 28 nothing lead against South Tama before the offense uh, yeah. touched the ball once. But Derek Weisskopf, 
mentioning him and the fact that he stepped in at quarterback and now Williamsburg's back in the semifinals. You know, uh, uh, Kellen Cockrell's uh, battled injury. I think he had an ankle or, or something that's caused him problems. Uh, has been in and out. Um, but for Derek Weisskopf, you know, to, to kind of step behind there and for Williamsburg, still be able to get the ball out to playmakers like Weijin and Heitman and Steckley. Um, boy, that I, I've just been kind of in awe of him doing that in addition to, you know, you knew he was a good player, both sides of the ball. Yeah. That's why he's going to Iowa and he's been on Iowa's radar for a few years. Yeah. Um, but for him to do this, I mean, you know, that's pretty that's pretty special. Yeah. And, you know, just just a tremendous athlete, uh, multi-sport athlete, great basketball player. I've gotten to see him in track, uh, um, you know, state place winner in three field events, which never happens. Uh, both throws plus the high jump. I'm sure he could long jump if he wanted. He could probably be a D1 decathlete if if, uh, if he wanted to be. So uh, just just a tremendous athlete and somebody that will, I'm sure will uh, pay close attention to when we do athlete of the year voting next summer. Now uh, we'll just stay in three A here really quick, even though uh, uh, neither one of us were, were at the game. Cully Klein, uh, one of our correspondents was, but you talk about uh, classics, um, hard fought, really competitive, uh, thrilling games boy uh west delaware and solon who will be facing uh williamsburg again in the semis uh they experienced uh that exact uh that exact thing in the the quarterfinals uh solon coming away with a 36 35 uh victory and and boy uh west delaware uh really challenged them um yeah but Solon coming away with their 10th straight victory, um, scoring nine points in the fourth quarter to come away with a win. Yeah. Um, I know West Delaware was up 35-27 in the fourth. I think Solon drove down the drive stall. They kicked a field goal to get within five. And then I think, if I'm if I remember correctly, I think West Delaware fumbled the ensuing kickoff. And then Solon scored shortly thereafter to, to go ahead for good. Wow. Uh, you know, talking to the Solon, I did a piece on the Solon Seniors. Um, you can check that out at the Gazette.com. Uh, that was the lead into the quarterfinal and asked them a little bit about what they're going to have to do to come out and win. And, of course, the consensus comment from coaches and players, we have to stop Brent Yankovic. Yeah. Uh, didn't necessarily do a great job of that. Yankovic continued. Uh, you know, he had a fantastic game against Davenport Assumption and followed that up uh, with uh, 363 total yards, four rushing TDs, well, one passing TD to Cash Hauser. But, you know, Solon has just found a way to win. They've been gutsy and gritty. Their defense uh, has come up with stops. Their special teams, obviously, a big turnover. Uh, that that helped them um late so that's uh that's just a testament you know they just find a way to win yeah yeah and that's that's uh the best way to say it and you know you that refuse to lose <coughs> excuse me uh it's kind of overused but uh that's stolen that it, it really is i mean they're you, you talk about will and, and intangibles, right? Sometimes that can be a punchline or a joke almost uh, with some things. But I think for Solon, that's that's a huge that's a huge part of of their success is you know that the the whole tagline carry your shield, you know, do your job, put out fires. You know, there are a lot of uh, you know uh, little uh, buzzwords and phrases that. Uh, they use, but I mean, I think they do uh, take it to heart, and I mean, it shows in the in the way they play. I mean, uh, they only they had less than a hundred yards rushing, and but they had three touchdowns. So, 
you know, those, those are stats that don't usually uh, match up, but, um, you know, they did have Tyler Bell throw for 286 yards, including a touchdown to Eddie Johnson. Um, but man, Stolen, they just have that intangible quality that's carried them to the, the Unidome for the second time in three seasons. And now we'll get a, a rematch of uh, uh, the Raiders and Spartans, both 10 and 1. Uh, Solon won that game 21 14, I believe, at uh, at home. Uh, yeah. in the regular season. So and I think that's a game where they they forced a couple critical turnovers against Williamsburg and that's, you know, kind of the same thing that you were just talking about. They just they just find a way and some programs are just like that. Uh you know Xavier's like that. Uh you know they're obviously Xavier's had a lot of talent, but that's a team that uh has always been a really really tough out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, that Williamsburg game, that defense, um, it's sneakily good. I mean, I don't think a lot of people really trumpet how good Solon's defense is, but Williamsburg had their backs, had Solon's defense, their backs against the wall a handful of times, and they got very little to show for it. And that just shows you how good uh, um, Solon's defense is. And, uh, we'll see if Williamsburg can capitalize on some situations and find a way to to get more points next time around. Um, you know, I was not there in person. I kind of monitored uh, online um, because I was out of town. But uh, East Buchanan, East Buchanan and the Class A quarterfinals were jumping around a little bit, but that's all right. Uh, East Buchanan coming away with a 30-16 win over St. Ansgar. Not even sure uh, if it was really that close. Um, I know it was 16-8 in the third quarter, but it just felt like East Buchanan really was in control the whole game, Jeff. Uh, their defense in the first half um, really limited St. Ansgar. Uh, even though St. Ansgar had great field position most of the most of the half, but uh, it was the Buccaneers up 16-0. Um, and that uh, uh, two touchdown runs by uh, Tanner Torn, uh, who had three total. Um, but East Buchanan, their defense, turned St. Ansgar away, and then they produced two long drives. Uh, one might have started at the 10, um, another one started the 20 and with penalties and, and a loss, I think they're to their seven uh, when they converted a long third down. Um, so they actually went 93 yards, but they produced two long drives and finished it off um, with torn touchdowns. Uh, and, and it was really impressive. You don't usually see that against the St. Ansgar team, uh, especially, um, you know, with a team that is run oriented like East Buchanan. But they really imposed their will. Um, and, uh, you know, Tanner Torn, all-time leading rusher uh, for East Buck, and you can see why. He had, like, 183 yards um, unofficially. And I think 132 of them were in the first half. Um, but Coach Alden, uh, Jerry Alden, after the game, um, in a phone interview, talked about how, you know, we didn't have a lot of big runs, even though uh, I think Torn did break a 50-yarder um, in one of those uh, uh, two scoring drives. But he said, you know, it was three, four, five yards of carry. You've got a back like Tanner Torn, who I don't know if I've ever seen go backwards after he's been hit, uh, always going forward and, and getting extra yards. And, you know that really was the difference. I mean, they were they were impressive. Hunter Bowers, uh, you know, uh, Saint Andrew was still in the game. They did have a, a drive um, that was was like third and or fourth and long from uh, inside the Buccaneer thirty-five. Hunter Bower, Bowers ends up with an interception, returns at seventy-eight yards for a touchdown uh, to really kind of seal it. Tanner Torn added another touchdown, but. Um, I tell you what, 
that uh, that was an impressive performance by the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, and you know now they've got Woodbury Central who beat Loma thirty-five uh, zero. And as Jerry Alden mentioned, not sure you could get uh, two more diverse um, offenses facing each other. Uh, you know, East Buchanan rushed the ball forty-five times, only threw two passes. Um, in their quarterfinal victory over St. Ansgar. And then, you know, you look at the other side of the coin um, with, uh, you know, such a pass-heavy um, team in, uh, in Woodbury yeah. Central. Yeah. yeah, and I think that I think that is going to be kind of a game on who, who gets ahead early. If if it's Woodbury, you know I don't know if how well East Buchanan is equipped to come from behind, especially if it gets to be two scores behind. On the other hand, if it's if East Buck gets ahead, you know, and they can start running and running and killing clock, um, that's not a good sign for for Woodbury. Uh, Woodbury Central uh, threw uh, twenty times against Loma. Um, 189 yards and three touchdowns. Of course, uh, you know, they never trailed. So, you know, you were able to run the ball a little bit more than probably normal um, in that win against Loma. But that, uh, that, that'll be a fun game just because of the contrast yeah. there um, in Class A. And that'll be uh, a Thursday morning. We'll touch on that uh, really quick. Any of the other uh, area quarterfinals? that kind of stand out to you. Um, I know Jeff Johnson was at uh, MFL Marmac. They yeah. defeated Gina 22-7. Monticello beat Minneapolis in a uh, hard-fought game, 34-28. Um, and I think that uh, – oh, and then Western Dubuque. Western uh, Dubuque, yeah. Beat North Scott um, for the second time this season, 21-7. Uh, North Polk uh, defeated um, Cedar Rapids Xavier. Um, ending their, I think, uh, three-year streak in the in the Unidome, um, North Polk with their second straight 17-14 uh, win at home. They beat Ballard the week before by the same score. Now uh, the Comets are in the semifinals. Uh, Western Dubuque team we kind of, I think we all, we had consensus on would be at this position. Yeah. Um, you know, Xavier just uh, – just fall shy of, of getting back to the unit. Yeah. I think it looks like Western Dubuque's really kind of ratcheted up its defense. Once it's got to the, gotten to the postseason. They, they gave up a safety against uh, uh, Newton in the first round, just seven points against a very potent North Scott team in the quarters. Um, you know, if, if they can play defense and, you know, limit the other team to 14 or less, you got to like their chances, you know, with, with the weapons they have, especially uh, Mr. Glauser in the backfield. How about MFL Marmack and Monticello? They're they're going to make their yeah. debut in the the Unidome. Yeah, and good for both of them. I I kind of thought Monticello would win. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I I thought MFL had a pretty good chance, but uh, to go out there and uh, you know limit Regina to to one touchdown, I think that's really impressive. And uh, they've got Underwood next, right? That's going to be, that's going to be a challenge because it looks like Underwood can score a lot of points. Right, right, and you know the the interesting thing with uh, MFL Marmac, you know, I think they had been in the, you know, this is their sixth playoff appearance, just six times in school history, right? And I think the last five years they've ended their season in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and to or you know. Sorry, the yeah. last four, this was her fifth straight. Lost a toughie to West Branch last week, and then for them to, you know, get over that hump, uh, do it against, you know, a, a team that's one of the – a program uh, that's one of the most decorated in, yeah. in all small schools and in Regina, um, you know, that that was pretty big. Um, yeah, you know, really nice breakthrough like, for MFL. Yeah, and for Monticello too, you know, this is 
don't want to sell anybody else short because it is a team game and Preston Reese would be the first one to to really point to his teammates. Um, you know, but he had another big game. I think he accounted for uh all five touchdowns uh that the Panthers scored, including a late uh touchdown pass to uh Peyton Schilling, who made a diving grab on the you know, just inside the out of bounds line past the the pylon uh for what turned out to be the game winner but just Preston Reese I mean who would you compare him to that as a singular figure has had the biggest impact you know on on a team and in, in carrying yeah them? I not, not necessarily carried them that you know that's a bad term yeah but yeah, he's I mean, yeah, he's far from a one man show, but boy, he's he's a difference maker for Monticello. And when you got somebody like him, you've got a chance. And uh, I know they're going to have their hands full against Van Meter. Um, you know, as far as comparisons, boy, that's I'm probably the wrong person to ask that. I mean, he's <laughs> he, he's he's a horse. He's a stud and, uh, you know, another really good athlete. He's he's a little bit like Weisskopf and, uh, you know, he can that's... he can. He can do a lot of things on uh, both sides of the ball, but boy, he, uh, yeah, the, the night I saw him was against Mount Vernon in the season opener. Uh, you know, Mount Vernon had more good kids in that game, but you could tell even in that game that, uh, that he's a special athlete and a special football player. Yeah. He had, uh, over 500 yards of offense, um, against Minneapolis, uh, going for 576 yards, four rushing touchdowns, and then that. Uh, passing TD to paint Schilling. Schilling caught four balls for 82 yards. Uh, Ty Tolman, uh, 187 receiving yards on eight catches as well. So uh, really good targets uh, for Reese. And then on the defensive side, uh, you know, Reese with 11 tackles, seven solo tackles, three of them for loss, um, one sack. So, you know, it's not just uh, one thing. Um, you know, he does a little bit of everything for him on both sides yeah. of the ball, too. A consummate team player as yeah. well. And and now Monticello gets to uh, go to the Dome for the first time. So so that's pretty cool. Great uh, accomplishment for Monticello and for MFL Marmac um, getting to the Unidome. Uh just kind of go over um, all the scores here from last week, starting in Class 5A, Southeast Polk defeats uh, Cedar Falls 21-20 in a tight game. Uh, West Des Moines Valley starting the season or the postseason with a losing record. They are in the semifinals after beating Waukee 20-7. Ankeny Centennial, another team um, that uh, – uh, I believe was at uh, just over 500, five and four, maybe um, when they started, uh, they beat Bentendorf 41, 14. And then of course the upset um, that really raised a lot of eyebrows there. Uh, number six, Ankeny defeated number two, Western Wayne Dowling uh, 14 to seven. Um, boy, you knew Southeast Polk was there. They got through with a tight one, but three other teams, is it safe to say that, uh, <laughs> You know, seventy-five percent of the teams in five A making the Unidome are surprises. Yeah, yeah, but boy, it, it just shows. You know, again, I know, I know we've kind of beaten this to death, and you know, maybe yeah. especially me, but it just shows how deep the, you know, the CIML is in football, and uh, you know, for those quote-unquote second-tier teams, teams that aren't Southeast Polk and, and Dowling, you know, for those other three to get through is, uh, boy. And, you know, Southeast Polk and Dowling had, had played some some close games, you know, against some of these you other teams all year. Season. Yeah. I so, remember you mentioning that, that they had been winning, but not necessarily the dominant yeah. uh, scores, and that could come into play. It looks like you're right on. Yeah. And would it would it you know would it blow your socks off if if uh, a six and five Valley team beat Southeast Polk in the semis? I don't think so. Um, I, I 
I, I wouldn't bet too much against Valley right now. They're playing really well. Were they what? Were they one and five at one point? One and five or one and four. Yeah. So you know they're six and five. They're probably as as confident as anybody right now. And um, you know who knows how that uh, those five A brackets will go into Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial will be a lot of fun. Right. That's uh that's for sure. We said it last week. You know when they were uh. When we're talking about the Ankeny Centennial and Bendorf pairing, you know, that Ankeny Centennial is kind of a not your typical uh, five and or six and four team or, or five and four team when the postseason started. So, you know, that just shows you how good they are um, with what they're able to do 41 14 over Bendorf. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just looking up. Uh, West Moines Valley here to see. I just remember. Uh, yeah, they were they were zero and four and one and five at one point. Yeah, and week week one, Southeast Polk played Valley twenty four eighteen. So yep. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's. You know, the, I, the I suppose the only loss they had was to Waukee. Um. You know, when they uh, they just they've caught fire here the last uh, yeah five weeks. Uh, really quick in Class Four A, we mentioned Western Dubuque uh, with the twenty-one-seven win, North Polk beating uh, Xavier seventeen-fourteen. Council Bluffs Lewis Central uh, storms back in the second half to beat ADM thirty-two twenty-one. To get back to the Unidome and then Bondurant Ferrar 31 21 over Glenwood, battle of six versus seven there. Uh, Bondurant Ferrar, uh, talked to uh, one of the, the coaches last night, um, and a lot of uh, Eastern Iowa connections there on the Bondurant Ferrar staff. Um, you've got uh, Zach uh, Fance, the uh, head coach, um, who's a former uh, co-guy. Um, their defensive coordinator is Hunter Semeroff, who was a uh, D-back uh, for uh, Bent Community and for Co as well. Joe Brandon, uh, the QB coach, Matt Kelly, um, the whole line coach there, also co-hawk. So a uh, connection there with Bondurant Farrar in uh, our metro uh, in circulation area. But this was a this was a class all year we talked about the parity right and when it comes down to it um the number one the three the four and the six um all make it number two and five had to play against uh, the one and four so really with all the parity you still kind of have the four of the top six teams. In the semifinal, yeah. so you know those top teams have uh, uh, continued to advance, and but this is one of the most competitive. Uh, yeah, classes yeah, we uh, has you know, we we talked about the the pods of death. Um, you know, before you know we went from sixteen to four teams. Now that we're where we are now, is there a more balanced group of four teams than what we've got left in four A? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there is. Looking at uh, Class 3A, in addition to Solon Williamsburg winning, number one Creston beat Webster City 50-27 to to remain unbeaten. Sioux City Heelan uh, knocks off Sioux Center 27-26 uh, in overtime. Uh, so you'll have Solon Williamsburg, uh, Heelan, and Creston um, in the semis there. In Class 2A... Yeah, Creston oh. game. I think they were down nineteen to nothing to Webster oh, City. Really? I think they must. I think they were oh, having wow. some big problems with that uh, with that single wing that Webster City throws out there, and they're down nineteen nothing. I think they got right back in it, and then they they ran away and won it. Was was it fifty twenty seven? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, Creston. You know, I don't know if there's a more under the radar number one team out there than Creston, <laughs> but boy, they're they're good. Yeah. They've really put together a great season under a fairly new coach. 
Uh, yeah. Let's see. So, um, in Class Two A, um, Central Lion George Little Rock uh, defeated Carroll Temper forty-eight twenty-seven. Van Meter uh, with a tough one, uh, thirty-one twenty-one over PCM. Uh, Spirit Lake Park with a big win, twenty nineteen over West Lion, uh, third ranked West Lion there. So, uh, Spirit Lake and Central Lion will, will go at it in the semis. Uh, Van Meter and, and we mentioned Van Meter Monticello um, in the other semifinal there. So, uh, any surprises there other than Spirit Lake? Even though yeah. that was that really was a game that could go either way. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. I thought West Lyon was probably the better team there, but uh, uh, you know, Spirit Lakes had a fine program as well. Um, I, you know, the way things are going, you, you shouldn't bank on anything. But I'd be surprised if the the two A final was anything other than Van Meter and Central Lyon GLR. Uh, in class, uh, in class A, we or class one A, excuse me, uh, we mentioned MFL Marmac making the. Semifinals for the first time. Uh, they'll face number two Underwood. Uh, they won forty three to eight at OABCIG. Um, Underwood's been one of the more impressive uh, teams in in all classes, really. Um, yeah. So that'll be a big chore for MFL Marmac. The other two, uh, Grundy Center defeated Dyke New Hartford forty to zero. That's one <laughs> that surprised Center. me. Yeah, because Grundy's right. had some close games. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and wasn't it 7-6? Yeah. Randy over Dyke earlier this season in the opener, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of thought Dyke could go over there and win. But, uh, boy, they uh, Grundy turned it on last week. And, of course, they'll face Waterloo Columbus, uh, who defeated Sumner Fredericksburg. Big win for the Sailors there, 35-14. Columbus has kind of been – kind of uh, a team that's hovered around the, the top 10 or, or lower half of the polls. And, and boy, they've really put together a good season uh, as well. So they'll face Grunny Center in one of the semis in Class 1A. In Class A, we mentioned East Buchanan with a big win over top-ranked St. Ansgar. Uh, Jerry Alden pointed out that that was the first time that they've gone in a, on the road to beat a top-ranked team in the postseason since 1989 when they went to Parkersburg and won 14-0. Um, so that tells you how big of a feat that was for the Buccaneers. Yeah, if if they're going to go all the way, they're probably going to have to beat one, two, and either three or four in uh, <laughs> in succession. So they'll absolutely have earned it. And that's, and that's beating number five. Um, in the uh, yeah, they beat Lisbon. In the, uh, yeah, you're right. You're so right. It could go five, one, two, three, or four. Yeah, that's uh, quite the gauntlet. And the Buccaneers have uh, done well so far. Of course, we mentioned number two, Woodbury Central beat uh, Loma 35 0. On the other side, uh, the other semifinal beat number three, West Hancock versus number four, Madrid. Uh, Madrid beat ACGC 21 14, and then West Hancock put up. 44 points on Wapsie Valley's defense uh, to win 44-22. So, uh, very impressive performance there by Wes Hancock against a, a defense that had been very stingy all season. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't see. I thought that'd be a you know, I thought maybe 14 to 20 points would win that game. Uh, I, I sure didn't see him by putting 44 up on the board. Sure. Um. And then an eight-player, um, Winfield Mount Union. That, that was the day before. That was on uh, Thursday. Winfield Mount Union uh, wins a close one against Don Bosco, 34-29. Bedford defeats Lennox, 36-24. Algona Garrigan, um, team that's uh, kind of been uh, not necessarily Cinderella, but certainly a spoiler here. Uh, they beat Remsen St. Mary's previously and then beat uh, Cam Anita uh, 26-16 in the quarters. And Gladbrook, Brinebeck, I believe, eventually lost to Clarksville earlier in the season uh, and beat uh, number five, uh, Clarksville, 32-20 um, to set up Wednesday semifinals at 10 a.m. I'm going to Garrigan, 10-1, faces Winfield Mount Union, our number one, 
that's 11-0. They they face off at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. But then Gladbrook Rhinebeck versus Bedford. Uh, Gladbrook Rhinebeck 10-1. Bedford 11-0. Uh, play at 1 p.m. Um, on Wednesday to kick off the semifinals. Yeah, um, should be two good ball games. Uh, uh, you know, Bedford's kind of flown under the radar with us. Uh, they're number three, eleven and zero, having a great year. You know, Winfield's got the the two Division One kids. Uh, Garrigan's knocked off two really good teams to to get to this point, and and Gladbrook Rhinebeck, a program that uh, you know not too long ago won back to back state championships in Class A. Um, you know, down into the eight player ranks now, and. Uh, They've got some playmakers, and uh, you know that I think that Bedford Gladbrook Rhinebeck game is going to be fantastic. Moving on to Thursday, uh, Class A and 4A uh, will compete at the Unidome. Things will start with Class A at 10 a.m. Madrid 11, Madrid 11 and 0 versus West Hancock 10 and 1. Then at 1 p.m., East Buchanan 9 and 2 uh, versus Woodbury Central 11 and 0. Um, thing that kind of comes to mind a little bit with this is, you know, your best defense might be an offense that controls the ball. Yeah. Is that, do you think that's uh, applicable for, uh, you know, East Buck to be able to. Sure. Make finals? Yeah. And, you know, if they can, what are there, if, they, if there's 48 game, minutes in a, in a high school football game, if they could hand, hand the, hang onto the ball for maybe 28 of that and keep, uh, Keep the offense uh, of Woodbury off the field. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if anybody can do it, it's East Buchanan because they've got the good line. Uh, they've got good running backs. And, yeah, they might just be able to to grind that five, six yards at a time. Yeah, that's another thing, too. You know, we we talk a lot about Tanner Torn and Hunter Powers and their playmaking, playmaking ability. But don't forget, they have one of the most highly recruit or highly – touted uh, offensive guards in Cody Fox that has been a difference maker. And I think that's what they did against the Ansker right, running uh, torn right behind them. And, yeah. and just, you know, uh, if you can continue to do that. Um, yeah. You know, there's just, no reason uh, why you can't come out on top. I tell, I tell Tanner torn, you know, just, hang on to the football in one hand and put the other hand in uh, in a belt loop of, of Cody Fox and just, just run right behind him. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, you know, peek around and, and look for some daylight. If, uh, if you can do that and uh, just, just hog the ball. Yep. You only need three, three and a half yards of carry, right? Yeah. So uh, in class four, a uh, they'll, they'll start off at 4 PM. Uh, North Polk nine and two versus Lewis Central nine and two. Uh, really excited to see the seven o'clock game. Bondurant Ferrar nine and two versus Western Butte ten and one. Um, that could be a classic um, yeah. as well. Um, you've got uh, uh, duties on Thursday, uh, so you'll have East Buck um, and Woodbury Central, and you also finish the the day off with uh, this game. Blue Jays and the Bobcats. What are you thinking um, there in, in that semifinal? I think I'm going to be pretty lucky guy because I'm going to get to see two pretty darn good games. And uh, hopefully I can get my uh, one o'clock story written pretty quick because I'm, uh, I'd like to just kind of sit and watch the, the Lewis central North Polk game as a, as a, as a bystander. I think that's going to be a terrific game too. So I, I think, uh, I think Thursday is going to be a really fun day. Uh, on Friday, Class 1A and 5A um, will take the field at 10 a.m., Waterloo-Columbus, uh, kind of a hometown team <laughs> there, 9-2. Uh, Granny Center, not far away either, 11-0, very familiar with the Unidome. Uh, that should be a good one. And then at 1 p.m., MFL Marmac, 10-1 versus Underwood, 10-1. Um, you know, MFL Marmac, a, a run-heavy team, very aggressive and uh, quick defense. Could they cause some uh, problems for for Underwood? Who, you know, I think we've we thought uh, this was right there with Grundy Center as uh, one of the top two teams in this class all year long. Yeah, and they're kind of in the same mode as uh, 
as East Buchanan. They're going to, I think they're going to need to shorten the game, you know, control the ball and, uh, you know, keep Underwood off the field as much as they can because Underwood's really explosive. Then in 5A, we've got West Des Moines Valley, 6-5 and five versus Southeast Polk, 11-0. Uh, can't count out Valley with what they've been able to do the last few weeks. We talked about how they've really regrouped after, you know, that slow, tough start to the season. Um, you know, they really seem to pick up momentum, kind of beating up on uh, some teams like Waterloo West and uh, Marshalltown, but you can't dispute what they've done in the – in the postseason going to uh, Pleasant Valley and winning there uh, and then getting a big week to a big win to avenge uh, avenge a loss to Waukee last week to, to be here in this spot. So I still think uh, Southeast Polk is the kind of head and shoulders above uh, everybody else, but you know what, that, that might not come into play here when you get to this point of the season. Throw the records out, right? That's the cliche. Yeah. Um, and, and West Des Moines Valley has proven that. And then you've got the the town battle um, <laughs> about 90 minutes away from actual uh, their home. Uh, Ankeny Centennial, 7-4 and four, uh, versus Ankeny, 8-3 and three at 7 p.m. Uh, to finish off Friday night. Yeah, that'll um, be a lot of fun. That'll be a big battle um, there as well. Um, Saturday. Um, Class 2A and 3A starts with uh, Monticello 10-1 versus Van Meter 11-0 at 10 a.m. Um, Spirit Lake Park 10-1 versus Central Lion George Little Rock 11-0 at 1. Um, you know, the, I, I don't Van Meter is probably a heavy favorite, but, you know, you, you can't count Monticello out. Um, yeah. You know, they've got a difference maker. They they do have some really good playmakers on the outside that if you're going to key so much on Preston Reese that they can burn you. We, we mentioned Ty Tallman. We mentioned Peyton Schilling. Um, you know, they've got some other guys that uh, uh, contribute as well and can catch the ball. So, um, you know, Van Meter's got to play him straight up. I still think Van Meter probably is – uh, maybe a better all-around team, but you know, if uh, you know Monticello still has the ability to to come away with a victory and make it to the finals, and I just think Central Line and George Little Rock is just too much for just about anybody. Um, yeah, you know, uh, don't see them uh, faltering against Spirit Lake Park um, in that one. Yeah. And I'd say Monticello might be kind of in the opposite boat that we were saying about, you know, East Buchanan and NFL needing to kind of, um, you know, keep the ball away. If you're Monticello, I think you got to just let it rip and, you know, just try to outscore them. Oh, sure. Sure. And they, they like this style of play. Um, watch them against uh, North Fayette Valley and, and they don't mind opening it up, you know, and, you can hit big win, uh, runs with uh, Reese, and, you know, they can air it out too and got some guys that can go catch it. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to do that and if they do make it a track. Kind of like uh, who did Mount Vernon play the one year? Was it Spirit Lake? Might might have been. Was that the 70-56 to 56 game or something, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I I Spirit Lake. Yeah. Maybe watch video of that one. Um, but uh, and then we'll finish up the semifinal Saturday night. Uh, Sioux City Healing 10 and 1 versus Creston, our, our number one 11 and 0. They uh, they're set to play at four, and then everything finishes off with that rematch. Uh, really excited to see this one. Uh, number three Williamsburg 10 and 1 versus number two Solon 10 and 1. Uh, at 7 p.m. at the Unidome. Uh, you know, that game at Solon, it was kind of our first cold, windy game. Um, you know, won't be the case at the Unidome, obviously. Uh, Williamsburg, I guarantee you, they went back and, and looked at that film to see, you know, kind of the missed opportunities. They're going to be focused on being able to uh, – 
get that back, uh, you know, fix the mistakes that they made. And so on, uh, you know, there was still a lot that they had, uh, you know, to, to fix after that win. Um, but their defense was really, really good. I think you have to have the, kind of the same approach defensively that you did then. And then offensively, uh, you know, try to get uh, uh, a point in, um, established and, and run the ball well. And then uh, let Bell and, you know, guys like Eddie Johnson and some other playmakers. Uh, I know, think, you know, that that's that's our game of the week, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I, and I, and I think that trio of teams uh, with Solon, Mount Vernon, and Williamsburg, yeah. I mean, them having to go through each other, the, those have been the marquee yeah. matchups. The best. I, I, I think that game's going to come down to who, who plays cleaner football. Who can, who can limit their mistakes? They're both really, really good. Uh, when they played at Solon la- last time, Solon played the cleaner game. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if I, I just think they're both good enough that one mistake or, you know, a field position flaw or something like that here or there might might be the difference in that one. For sure. For sure. So a lot of, uh, a lot of fun games uh, ahead this week. Again, they start – Wednesday morning uh, with eight player, just eight player on Wednesday, and then uh, two classes a day, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, as we mentioned, uh, Jeff, you'll have uh, our area games Thursday, uh, which includes East Buchanan, Woodbury Central, in Class A, Class 4A, Bondurant, Farrar, Western Dubuque. Jeff Johnson will be covering MFL Marmac versus Underwood in Class 1A on Friday. And I'll have 2A and 3A on Saturday with Monticello versus Van Meter in the morning. And then uh, the semifinal finale uh, with Williamsburg Solon uh, Saturday night in 3A. Uh, You can check out all of our coverage at thegazette.com. Jeff, uh, you're nice enough to uh, do capsules, um, kind of previewing each of our area matchups that we've mentioned. Um, those are at the gazette.com. Yeah. I'll try to have those up tomorrow morning and I'll have a feature, um, here, uh, uh, probably sometime Wednesday, shortly after you get the, the capsules posted, I'll have a, a Western Dubuque feature to kind of kick off our, uh, pun intended, kick off our semifinal, um, previews, um, so look for look look for that uh, at thegazette.com as well as all of our coverage over the next uh, four days. Any final thoughts, uh, Jeff? Before we bid everyone adieu and get ready for the semis? No, not really. Um, I'm thankful we have the dome, uh, even though that uh, the weather's supposed to be pretty good this weekend anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I I think it's going to be a, a great you know, what is it, 14 games we've got left here this week. And uh, you know, I I still don't think there's really a clear-cut favorite in any of the classes. Uh, maybe maybe Central Lion, George Little Rock as much as anybody. But uh, I, I, think, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of really competitive football games here the next four days. Uh, I agree with you fully on, on that one. Uh, just want to say good work down at uh, – uh, Extreme Arena last week with the state volleyball championships. Uh, nobody better um, when it when it comes to that. Um, you know, uh, great job there. So uh, uh, hope you had a good time and yeah, it was good. It was good. It's a it's a good venue for it. It uh, uh, they they they've done a a really good job down in Coralville the last couple of years and uh, I think. Uh, I think they found a pretty darn good home for it. Awesome. Awesome. And we're glad to have our dome uh, uh, for football as well. I know there was maybe some questions last year whether or not uh, uh, the football semifinals and finals would stay here, but they are. Of course, there's also the uh, IHSSN uh, yeah. TV um, debate going on. We won't really jump into that fully we can maybe touch on that next week when yeah. uh, Jeff Johnson is with us as well but um you know you just have to check out and see where it's available um 
online and yeah. I uh, don't best, know if you thought best that the, best the, thing uh, is to get there in person, but yeah. Yeah. Don't know if you saw it, the, the news out there that uh, Nick Brooks from Kennedy is decommitted from Iowa. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's uh, opening up his recruiting again. So we'll see where that goes. Wow. Wow. Uh, you, you have to think it's stemming from the recent announcement and the change of uh, offensive coordinator uh, that was. Made. I would think so. Yeah, yeah, I don't. But that doesn't mean he wouldn't recommit. Right. That's. That's something where we depending could. on depending on who they decide yeah. might come in or once they realize okay, Kirk's gonna stay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Players. And I don't know if anybody has kind of gotten in his ear, some other schools, even though he'd already committed, if they're you know, they're saying, Hey, uh, you, you don't have an offensive coordinator right now, you know, and so I don't know. I, I don't know where where it's going to go from here yeah so we'll keep an eye on that um as well and and wish uh uh mr brooks uh good luck with uh you know reopening that commitment and finding place whether it be back in iowa city or or somewhere else uh uh to further his academic and athletic career so right all right well jeff thanks again yeah Um, been a ton of work the last two weeks uh oh we all have we all have football um thanks to nathan ford for doing all uh setting this up for us so we can chat football for everybody uh we'll uh see ya we'll plan on one more here next week whether it be myself and, and jeff or jj or all three of us um i'm not sure what everybody has going on but uh we'll look Look forward to coming back and talking more before the finals next week. Thanks for watching and enjoy the football here at the state semifinals this weekend. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.